How does one get their drivers? How does one get good grades? How does one know for sure How does one handle the transition into starting their own independent life in college? Hey there, and thank you for listening to another episode of the How Does One podcast. I'm Sarah, and today I'm going to be talking about Depop and just like seller tips and how to make sales very quickly. So I've been selling on Depop for about a week now, and I've sold four items, and I've totaled about $40 in a three-day span is when I sold most of my items. It was over the weekend. So I'm just going to be sharing like what I've learned so far and just kind of like beginner to beginner, you know? I obviously haven't been doing this for very long, so I'm just kind of sharing what I've picked up on in the amount of time I've been doing it and what I'm trying to use to continue getting better. Obviously, I'm not a professional. I'm not making six figures a week on this app or anything, so this isn't like, ooh, your number one top tips, but I do work in marketing in general, so it was really easy to apply things I already knew that would work and just kind of tweak them a little bit for clothes and more geared towards young adults and teenagers so yeah i'm just going to be going through like literally all of the basics like getting started on the app and even into shop policies and the verbiage people use on the app and like things you need to know um so yeah i really hope this helps so first thing i'm going to be talking about is like literally getting started the very very beginning so when you open the app i would not recommend starting an account immediately selling things I would start looking at what other people have, start liking their items, start following other accounts. And by doing this, you can start getting the ball rolling in your follower account. So like before I even started selling any items, I already had 100 followers. And obviously that's not a very big number, but it's enough that I can go through and find people who might be interested in my items. When you're making your account, make sure you choose a really good username. You can't change your username and you can change your personal name. So like you can tell your name is Sarah Lusk. Please don't do that because that's my name. Um, but if you tell them that your at is Sarah Lusco 3 you can't change that. So even if you decide to change your shop name, you can change the name. So like mine is Fum and Flower. You can write it like that but you can't actually change your at. So when people are looking for my shop, they have to look for Sarah Lusk 03, which is frustrating because it can limit who can find your account if they keep looking for the shop name rather than your username. So just kind of keep that in mind. And the way it works is you have to have a phone number or an email to verify the account. I think it offers an email, but I used a phone number. And I don't have another phone I can use to verify, and I don't really feel like using a family member's phone number. So for me, I can't just make a new account and change the username. Like, I'm stuck. And I already have all my items on here, and I already have all my followers, so I don't really want to switch over accounts at this point. Uh, another reason why you should make an account before you start selling is to get familiar with the app. It can be a little confusing. I've had a few people who've recently gotten the app just kind of have to message me questions about how to use it, how to find good items. So being familiar with the app can really help you as a seller as well because you can like actually tell your buyers like how to do things. I've had somebody message me like three days in a row they couldn't get their address to work and so it wouldn't allow them to make a purchase and i really felt bad because obviously buying on these apps can be a little sketchy and i don't show my face in any of my photos and it's not on my profile picture either so obviously like it doesn't look too legit all the time so being familiar with the app can really help you Uh, guide your buyers and how to do things. Had I not purchased an item before, I really wouldn't have known how to help her or all the available options they have in working around that. So being familiar with the app can really, really help you with sales and being a good 
uh, shop owner because you're able to help your customers consistently. So once you've chosen your username and you've decided to either put in a shop name or your real name, whatever you choose, it's cool. Uh, you need to decide what you're going to sell if you don't know already. Y2K stuff is so popular right now and I'm just slowly getting into it. I'm hoping to go thrifting here soon and buy some inventory that matches the Y2K aesthetic. Um, but as of right now, my items are mostly like weird, unique vintage items that I've thrifted or I've found at different markets or different stores and I'm selling them at thrift prices. Um, a lot of other shops will just do one style, so it'll be like trendy clothes, skater clothes, uh, thrifted items, vintage, um, yeah, so things like that. I see a lot of the bigger brands doing like the slip dresses and the Y2K, like I said before. I get emails from Depop and apparently face masks are really popular. So if you sew, then making a face mask could really bring in that money because people are looking for that. I know that for myself, like we're going back to school here soon. And I'm like, man, I gotta have a cute mask. Like, I gotta make sure if you can't see half of my face, then the half you have to see will be cute, you know? So things like that and just being uh, aware because if you pick a specific, I don't know, genre of clothes to sell, then you're gonna get consistent sales. So once you've kind of picked what you're gonna be selling, like what type of clothes, you need to get inventory, obviously, because you can't just decide you're gonna sell clothes and not have anything to sell. So I think what a lot of people do is thrift. Obviously, that's kind of the easiest way to find cheap clothes that you can sell for, honestly, double the price and be able to make back what you sold it for. Um, another thing you can do is wholesale. So if you look on Amazon or on the internet, just like look up bulk items, you're able to buy items. So for me right now, I'm looking into buying stickers in bulk so that I can sell them or uh, like sell them in bundles or I can put them in my packages when I mail them to kind of create a cuter package. Another thing is hand-me-downs or a lot of people just sell clothes they already owned that were new with tags. A lot of my clothes that I'm selling are items I already owned but they don't have tags on them and they're not new, they're worn. So I'm advertising them more as thrifted because it's essentially a thrifted item. It's from my closet to yours, it's thrifted. So just making sure that you kind of have items to sell in a good amount because if you do pick the right niche or aesthetic to sell from, you're going to make really good sales. So you need to have constant inventory and be able to add things consistently. Another thing that I found to be really difficult when I started was picking pricing. I wanted to make money, obviously, but I also felt bad charging people for my thrifted pe uh, pieces. If I was going to be charging them like $50 for a brandy top, like I felt really bad doing that because it was an item I'd had for a while. It had some wear on it. Um, so searching around and compare. Like I mentioned, brandy, that is a really hard item to price because... Um, people really shoot up those prices on the app, like I see a lot of auctions, especially for that stupid pink cheetah tank top, they're selling them for like 60 bucks because it's like air quotes rare, even though like 90% of the people on Depop have one. Um, so with Brandy, do be cautious on how you uh, price it, people get irritated when you price it too high, so with Brandy I would say $20 range. Um, I have an item, it's a tie-dye black Brandy baby tee but it has two bleach stains on the back and they're mostly not visible because it's a tie-dye top, but because it's wear and it's there and I'm trying to sell the item, I have to drop it. So my item's going for 12, but because the weekend's coming up and that's when a lot of sales occur, I'm gonna drop the price again, probably to nine or somewhere in the cheaper range because 
when I bought it, it was thrifted, and now I'm selling it again, so it's been owned by a few people. So being cautious with your pricing. Thrifted items shouldn't be $60, $70, unless it's like a serious name brand. Um, if your item's in good condition, you can add money to that, or if it has visual interest, you can add money to that. I have a pair of shoes that look very much like a Y2K style, and they're like a chunky wooden wedge with like an embroidered flower on it. For that item, even though it's thrifted and has a bit of wear on it, it has a lot of visual interest, so I may be able to price that item a little higher. So just kind of Googling around and deciding what are other people pricing it, what was this when it was new, how much visual interest does it have, how much value does it have to me. It may be a shirt from when you were three, well that's not going to have a lot of value to other people, but if it's a shirt you bought from a super interesting store and people know the store, they're familiar with it, they're going to be more willing to pay for it. Um, so make sure that you can connect with it and that your buyers can connect with it if you're going to price it higher. A lot of my tops I sell for $5. That's about how much you'd get it at a thrift store and these are items I've already owned. So it's really not taking anything from me as it's literally been years since I've had to pay for the item. So at this point the item is worth zero. Getting five is something. And before you start selling your items, deciding your shop policies is definitely something I wish I had done beforehand and it wasn't a big cost to me, but uh, it definitely made it a little more difficult when I was starting off. So shop policies are like what you will allow and won't allow. So um, like I have the Depop app with me right now. If you go into your settings, it's like the little setting icon gear in the right of your profile page. And you scroll down, there's an item that says shop policies. If you click it, there's different things you can choose. So the first item is shop policies on or off in your messages. I would definitely say make sure it's on because that way when somebody messages you about an item, they can very easily see what you will do and what you won't do. So they have several I uh, words. They have several options for your shop policies. Um, on mine, the first option is return accepted. I don't accept returns, so I put it on a no. By selecting these before I'm selling an item, nobody can come back and be like, oh, well, you didn't say that, or you didn't tell me this and communicate it, so you should technically still live up to that. And as a good seller, if you don't clarify with somebody that you don't allow something, like if you don't tell a buyer that you don't allow returns, and then they try and return the item and you tell them no, you look bad and they're gonna give you a bad review because they didn't understand that beforehand. So as a buyer, even though it may cost you more, you really should, if you wanna keep good ratings, you should cover the cost of that return. So I don't accept returns because these are literally thrifted items and you can very easily repop them, which means you sell them on Depop even though you bought it from Depop. Uh, another thing is international shipping. I put no, it's really expensive and I'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, next day dispatch, which means you drop off the item, and I think that means you drop it off at the post office the next day. I do that sometimes. If I get a load of orders, it becomes kind of difficult because you get them like, like the four items I sold were back to back every day, but I didn't realize that they were going to happen. Of course, you don't really know beforehand when you're going to sell an item, so I ended up going to the post office four days in a row. Well, that's a lot of gas. So for me, I've recently updated my shop policies to I ship out on Mondays and Thursdays. That way I can send an item before the weekend and I can send it right after the weekend and the people in the week can just wait. Like it's not that big of a deal. So by doing that, it saves me gas and it allows me to make more sales and it adds a little pressure. Like I'm able to tell people, hey, if you buy this item now, I can mail it out by Thursday. So things like that. Bundle discounts. Um, I can't remember if I talked about this. This is where you buy multiple items from somebody and you can get a discount with it. So I do that sometimes, it just depends on how much they weigh because if they weigh too much, they won't fit in the pre-posted shipping price and I may have to adjust the shipping price and sometimes people don't like that. 
eco-friendly packaging. I reuse the boxes I sell, so they're things from Amazon because I do a lot of Amazon shopping and my family does too. So I reuse Amazon boxes. Um, it's not necessarily eco-friendly, but it's better than throwing away the boxes and buying new like poly mailers or something. Even though that's something I'm interested in investing in, it makes the packaging pretty. So it's just, it's it's what you're willing to pay for. Eco-friendly packaging, like compostable bags, tend to be very expensive. Um, there's a website, I really can't remember what it's called. I think it's called EcoNation. And they sell like mailer things or no issue. They sell like tissue paper and packaging items that are uh, recyclable and uh, compostable or something like that. And they're custom, but they're expensive. They're not cheap. Uh, but if you're willing to pay for that and have the money to pay for it, it can get you more sellers because you're geared toward a specific audience who are against fast fashion. As you're on this Depop app, a lot of people are against fast fashion. So if you're able to cater to that a little bit more, you can get more sales. Free national shipping on bundles. I personally don't do that because that means I have to pay for it and my items are already priced really cheap. So that really cuts into my income and I'm not going to make as much. I feel like it's just, it's just up to me. Um, a lot of people do offer that. I just, I'm not making enough money consistently to allow that as a small business. Um, and then make me offers. I put that as a yes. That is a really, really good way to get people to want to come to your shop because if they feel like an item's overpriced, but they want to pay for it, they'll send you offers. So I had like a button up vintage blouse top that I had bought and I literally wore it once and it had beautiful detailing on the collar so I had um charged it for 13 I think and I ended up selling it for nine and the top probably cost me like eight bucks so being that it had been a while since I'd paid for it it's really not a big cut into my budget because I'm pretty sure my mom paid for it <laughs> so I mean I just made nine bucks and I was able to ship it for cheap because it was a lightweighted item and so by making that offer that person was willing to say hey that's a little out of my budget could you take this and just because somebody sends you an offer doesn't mean you have to take it so if you've ever been to um like a Monday's trade days I don't know if they have that everywhere I'm pretty sure they do um but those are really popular where I'm at and you're able to haggle with the person over the price. So um, my friend had found a thermos. It was a very vintage thermos. And I think they were charging like 15 for it. And we ended up getting it for 5 So you should never take the first option of price on an item, which is really more advice for a buyer. But for you, I keep that in mind when you price. So I always price my items a little bit higher than what I think they're actually worth. Because I hope that people will either pay for it and I make extra money or someone will come and offer me something low and I can meet them in the middle and what is a realistic price. Um, so I was trying to hackle with somebody over a brandy chain and they were charging 12 and the item brand new is 12 and I'm buying it online. So what's the benefit in that? And then I have to pay eight bucks for shipping. That's kind of crazy. So I asked them if I could do six and honestly, the seller hasn't replied to me. They're not very active. So I'm thinking that necklace is probably not going to be sold to me, but my intention was to ask them for six and they'd be like, that's too low. Could you do eight? Eight's a very realistic price for that item, being that it's brandy. So I'm hoping that I can get it at the realistic price, even though I lowballed them. So keeping that in mind, always pricing your items just like a dollar or two more than you think they're worth in hopes that someone will lowball you and you'll be able to meet them in the middle. Another thing with shop policies is I always make sure to put it in the description of my items because people really are kind of oblivious and dumb and like don't go and read your things. So I'd like people to DM me before they buy items because that way I can give them any information about it. I can let them know that there's wear on it because sometimes people don't, again, they don't read the description. So by putting that on the item of like DM me before you buy, letting them know that uh, we have pets in my home, but it is a smoker-free home 
or uh, that it is a pre-loved item so if it has wear that I didn't see I can't guarantee that and I'm not going to give you a refund for it because it's it's a thrifted item so put, putting stuff like that on your item descriptions can really save you from low ratings by letting people know in advance and if they don't read it then that falls on them and you're able to clarify that with your ratings and with your reviews whereas if you didn't put it it does fall on you and you look like a bad seller so kind of like I wouldn't say it's super important, but it's definitely something I've had to pick up on and like you can't just Google like what does this word mean? Well, I mean, I guess you could Google, but you kind of look down when you do it. And so picking up on the verbiage and the vocab that sellers and buyers use is very important because it will help you make more sales. So like NWT is new with tags, NWOT is new without tags. That was not something I knew first off. And I was just like, what are these acronyms? I was like, is this is this something I need to know before I purchase this item? Like I was really confused. So knowing those vocabulary words can really help you when you're buying items and when you're selling items. Because if you're able to cut down on your word count, because you only get a thousand words or a thousand characters, um, if you're able to cut down on that and just put NWT instead of letting someone know it's new with tags, you can make sales faster and include more keywords in your description rather than trying to explain the item and its basics. Another thing is a bundle. I talked about that a little bit earlier is where people choose more than one item and you can change the price on it to give them a better deal and it encourages them to buy more items and you get money faster. As a seller, getting more items sold at once is a really, really awesome deal because you can open space for new inventory and you get a large amount of money faster. Uh, American Vintage, so on brand names, you can put what brand it is. American Vintage is an option that literally just means that it doesn't have a brand and it's a vintage piece. I did not know that for a long time and all my vintage pieces don't have brands that are on the app and so it's just like it's a little harder to get sales when they don't have the brand so putting it as American Vintage can really help because I think people can search that as a keyword as well and just find vintage pieces by looking American Vintage. Um, and they recently had an update and I haven't been able to see the brand, so I don't know if they got rid of it, um, but that's definitely something to do if they do still have it. Okay, and obviously the most beneficial part to you is payments and shipping. So I would say buy something before you sell something. That will help you again with how to communicate with your customers and how to explain to them how to do things. I had purchased a Konkin backpack that was embroidered um, and through doing that I was able to figure out the process and how to make payments and how it will look on my end of selling me um, the item and the receipt and being able to track the packaging. So that's definitely something you should be familiar with um, to help explain to your customers who may not be familiar with that process. So when you're selling an item, you have a few options for shipping. They have Depop shipping, you make your own shipping, and international shipping. Um, so Depop shipping is they'll make the item, or <laughs> words, they'll make the item label for you, and the prices are based on the weight. So like a small item, let me pull up the pricing, the small items are 350 for like a piece of jewelry, and that's an item that weighs about four ounces. And honestly, four ounces is actually like nothing at all. And I didn't realize that till I found a bag that was like four ounces. And I was like, wow, oopsies. I was selling that way too cheap. So the extra small items are under four ounces and they sell as first class items. So they'll mail within a week if you're mailing uh, to the US. And it's 350 it's for jewelry and small accessories and it's labeled as extra small the next item is small it's swimwear small tops small purses anything under eight ounces and it's first class and that's 450 that is usually about as much as people want to pay for shipping 
anything else it's a little pricey and the items got to be really good or the item price has to be really low for people to be willing to pay for it and it's always something to keep in mind is that for you you're just going to make those 10 bucks you don't make shipping you don't get that income but for them they still have to pay the item price and the shipping so if you have a 10 dollar item for 450 shipping you're not making 1450 you're making 10 bucks but they're paying 1450 so keeping that in mind um, especially with shipping prices. And then there's a medium, which is tops, t-shirts, pants, anything under a pound, and it mails as first class, and that's $6.50. There's large, which is hoodies, light jackets, sneakers, anything under two pounds, and that's priority, and that's $10.50. And then extra large is heavy boots and winter jacks, anything under 10 pounds, and that's priority, and that's $14. So just keeping that shipping price in mind is very important. Um, organizing shipping on your own is not impossible, but for me personally, I feel like it's a little difficult. Depop will take 10% of the item value of what you made, so like if it's $10, they're going to take a dollar out of your income, um, but they will make the shipping tag for you. So they will create um, the mailer address, the UPS tracking, they'll do all of that, and that's why you don't make the money from shipping. Depop will take it, they'll put it in your account, take it out really quick, and they'll make the tag with that payment. So you're able to just pull up the app and print the tag. Like you don't have to go to PayPal or USPS. You don't have to do anything. It'll just mail you the tag. So I personally choose the Depop shipping because it's super duper easy. And with picking the weights, a lot of people like buy away. I honestly just guess. I assume most of my items are under eight ounces unless it's like actually something heavy. So I just charge 450 for most of them. I've been charging 350, but I really got scared that they're gonna be like, um, this is more than four ounces and get mad and like make me pay for the shipping again and I really don't feel like dealing with that as a seller it just it really doesn't look good on you and so I just play it safe and choose the 450 option another thing you can do is organize your own shipping so you make the label you choose the price and you coordinate everything and so as a buyer it can be cheaper um, as you can kind of make a little bit of a, a twist on the price so like a lot of people who organize their own shipping only charge five dollars even if depop may charge you 650 to ship it so it can work in your favor and it can't um because you have to make the label so if you mess up the price or something it becomes a little bit more difficult but at the same time you don't get depop fees of that 10 percent um so it can work and it can't you can also bring it to a different shipping place um depop uses ups i think is what they do um, but you can choose to ship it with whoever if you do the label and you may be able to get a cheaper price. If you find a smaller business or somebody local, you may be able to get something cheaper. Another thing is if you're selling small items, you could honestly mail it. This is kind of a risky choice because you can't track the package and if it gets lost in the mail, then as a seller, you should take the fall for it, but a lot of people will say, I'm not responsible once it's been dropped off at the UPS store or into my mailbox. You know, I'm not responsible for that. So um, usually selling an item that weighs about two ounces, I think is what the measurement is. It's about 50 cents. So that's a lot cheaper than what they're charging. But again, you don't get package tracking, whereas Depop and even with your own shipping, you can get package tracking, which as a buyer is very, very... Like, that's a big deal. Like, I, I sit around and track my packages, like, multiple times a day. I'm like, where's this thing at? I need it now. So, it's just, it's up to you, whatever you're willing to play the risk with. Another option you can allow is international shipping. It can get you more buyers. I found that a lot of my followers are actually UK-based, um, but it is super duper complicated and takes a long time. 
it takes about two to three weeks to ship out of the U.S., um, but it will cost you probably $15, 10 to 15 depending on the weight of the item. If you mail it, again, it'll still be about a buck fifty, but you don't get the package tracking. So it's, it's again, a risk. Uh, Depop doesn't make labels for international shipping, so you'll have to do it on your own. PayPal does make labels, so if you do internationally ship, you can get that information through your PayPal and make a label. I had accidentally made my own label one time, even though the buyer had paid for it, so I actually ended up losing money on that sale, um, but I was able to kind of figure out how to make it. It's not impossible, but it's definitely not easy. So then talking about payments and how that works with Depop. So if you buy the item through Depop, it allows you to process cards like a debit or credit card and then PayPal transactions through the app or through the website. Um, PayPal will take a fee from you. So let's say you make uh, $9 off of your $10 item because Depop's taken 10% for that label. Well, PayPal's gonna come in and take I don't know, it's not a solid amount because I always get like coins in it. So it'll probably be like, I don't know, 80 cents, for example. Um, and so they take a fee and to move the money into your account immediately, they take another like seven or 13 cent fee. So avoiding the fees is a little difficult. If you wanna wait one to three days for that money to move from PayPal to your bank account, then you can and it's free. But if you're impatient like me, that is just not fun and I'd rather just pay like seven cents for them to move it immediately. Paying outside of the app is allowed technically because it's your items, but it can be difficult because you have to process that payment and then you have to also make the label again because you're not processing it through Depop. So let's say I'm selling an item and somebody wants to pay for it uh, through Zelle. Um, I have to be able to give them some sort of receipt and yes, it'll show up in your bank account, but as a buyer or as a seller, it makes me nervous because yes, they have buyer production, but it, it's just not the same level of communication and Depop isn't there. And so if something goes wrong, sometimes Depop will take the fall for it and they'll cover. But if you do it through Zelle or something, you're an individual seller. And so you can get into trouble if the person says that they didn't receive their item and it was because you paid through Zelle or something like that. So it just makes it a little sketchier, but in the end, you will make exactly what you wanna make. So if you sell an item $10 plus $4.50 for shipping and you process the shipping and you process the price, you won't get any additional fees. So you'll make $14.50 and then because you're making the label, it'll cost you like $2.30 to $4.50 depending on the item. You'll lose that amount, but you get to control it a little bit. So like, let's say I accidentally charged someone $4.50 for shipping and the item really only costed $1.50, I don't make that $2.50 back. Depop keeps that money. So just keeping that all in mind when you're deciding payments and shipping is definitely something to kind of be aware of and maybe even do some research. So posting items. Posting items is a lot easier than people make it seem. There's so many videos out there talking about like, oh, how to take pictures, how to post this. Like you literally don't need that many videos for this. So the most important part is pictures. Obviously, literally everybody knows this. There's a few styles of pictures. You can do models, flat lays, and mannequins. So a modeled is where you wear the item. And when I take my modeled photos, I wear an actual like outfit of like how I would style it. So for my first, sorry, for my first photo, um, I'll put a whole outfit together, including the item I'm trying to sell. So for example, I'm selling a black striped cami top. I bought it Shein, it didn't fit me, so I'm gonna sell it. And so in the photo, I have a yellow blazer or a yellow windbreaker, sorry, 
the black top and then a pair of shorts and I don't show my face and I just kind of try and keep the focus on the outfit so by doing that people can kind of understand how to wear the item how it will look and then you get a total of four items or four pictures so my second picture because I actually bought it from a website I included one of their models showing uh, the item and my third picture is just a front view of the item and my fourth is a back um, I've recently been doing uh, research on how like Tilly's and Urban Outfitters and Paxson are modeling their clothes, so I actually am planning on redoing those photos today, but just making sure that you get a general idea of what the item looks like in person to your seller is a really, really big deal because that person wants to know what they're going to buy before they have to pay for it. And then another photo option is flat lays. I tried it. I, I like the way it looks visually. But because these items are like just people's random likes and stuff, they may not see it. So like it won't pop out at them as much. And so I have like a NASA top I'm selling and the photo is a flat lay. It looks really clean, really professional. But at the same time, you're not getting that same image of how it looks. So I had to include other photos of me wearing the item and you don't get that as the first picture in your feed. So it's just like, what do you think will catch people's eyes? So it's all up to you. It's all up to your choice. Another thing before you take pictures is searching around. Like I said, I checked with Tilly's and Urban Outfitters and just kind of saw how they were modeling the photos. Kind of copying that and their posing and their camera style can all help your photos look better. Having a clean background, I use a gray wall. Um, you don't need a super nice camera, I use my phone. And I actually, I think a lot of phones have this where if you do it in like selfie mode, it'll touch up your face. I actually use that setting and it brightens the photo and it makes it look a little more vivid. So in doing that, you can make the item look better, but don't filter it so much that people can't tell what it actually looks like because they'll be more apprehensive to buy it. Make sure you take a photo of specific damages. If there's a stain on it, make sure you zoom in on that or let people know that the stain is shown in the fourth picture or whatever. And then you can also add a video. A lot of people do this and just kind of like video over the item. I don't do that. I think that's weird. I think it's way too much effort. But for like records I'm selling, I will do it to get people a sound sample so they can hear like how it sounds because it is a vintage record so it's not going to sound super crisp. And sometimes people like that and sometimes people don't. So it's just all up to you. Okay, so now you've sold an item and now it's time to package it. <laughs> Literally the number one thing with packaging is making sure it's pretty and like making sure you are willing to include extras. Not everybody has extras, but that's definitely something you should invest in. Shein, I know not everybody likes Shein. There's a lot of controversy over it. I personally don't mind. Um, they sell stickers in bulk for like 250. That's definitely something to invest in and to buy because you can include those in packages and people are like, oh, cool, like they included an extra and it's really not going to cost you much. So by doing that, you're able to make people happier. They leave better reviews and they'll remember you. So if they're ever looking for an item, they'll be like, oh, that girl who sold me these stickers that I carry around all the time. Yeah, I'll go back to her. So it creates consistent customers and it helps your reviews look better. Outreach is probably my favorite part of the wholesaling process and that's where you message people or how you manage your account. So anytime somebody likes an item, I have a message that I copy and paste and it's like, hey there, I'm Sarah, thank you for liking this item. And I let them know that the price is negotiable, that I will put items on hold and that I can send additional photos if they'd like them. In doing that, I've created a relationship with the customer and I've allowed them to see like if they were nervous about buying the item because of the price, well now I've just told them it's negotiable. It's in the description, but even if they don't read it, now they have it in their inbox. It allows the customer to know that I'm an active seller, so 
if they want to buy the item, I can respond pretty quickly. And if the person's just liking the item because it's cool, it still lets them know that I'm nice. And if one day they decide to purchase it, they're like, oh, hey, that lady was nice and like messaged me. That's cool. Another thing I do is like every week I'll go through and individually message everybody who's liked the item again very specifically. I'll be like, hey there, that green shirt you still liked is on sale. Whereas the first message is, hi, thank you for liking my item. So by doing it a little more specific, they are reminded a week later of that item. And for all you know, they've been sitting there contemplating buying it. Well, now you've reminded them of it and they're more willing to purchase it. So something to keep in mind with when you post is knowing when you'll make sales payday weekends holidays that's when you'll make your sales like thursday through sunday night even monday morning a little bit you'll get a lot a lot of sales and that's when people become very active they've just got money they're just sitting at home they're ready to spend it and you need to have items that are ready to be bought so for me i take a lot of my photos in the week and i'll upload pictures on wednesday and thursday and then over the weekend i'll put everything on sale or i'll reduce the prices and i upload some of my hardest to sell items so if i feel like an item's gonna be a little difficult for me to make a buyer on I'll add it on the weekend because I know that somebody's going to be looking and I'm more likely to get a sale because there's a larger amount of people looking. That's also when you'll get the most followers. Um, like I had gotten 100 followers overnight and I currently have 455 and so that's kind of a big number. So again with outreach, people literally hate this but I do it, is following and unfollowing. So. I mean, you can continue following people, but I actually purchase items on Depop, so I don't want my feed with a bunch of, like, 500 people who literally have junk. So I just go through, and I anytime I get a new follower, I'll go through and follow and unfollow, like, 200 of their people. And a lot of times on Depop, they'll go back and follow you back. And people do that because Depop is very much based on how many followers you have, and by doing that, you create a circle of people who can connect and it just creates a better stimulus and like faster connections. So my ending advice would be make sure you share your page. People can't come follow it if they don't know it exists. So posting it on social media, messaging it to your friends, like making sure people know. And if you sell it to people nearby, you may be able to take the package to them physically rather than shipping it. And that's another way that you can make more money and faster customers. Communicate often, always be an active seller. Make sure that if people message you, you respond very quickly because they'll quickly become frustrated and move on and not be willing to buy from you make sure you have good items. If you wouldn't have bought it two years ago, make sure somebody won't buy it today. If you have your granny's underwear, like literally nobody's gonna buy that. But if you have a really cool top that you can really make work and make it look cool, even though it may not be new to you or it may not be your style, it can be somebody else's style. So let's say you have like a purple sweater you've owned for forever and you're just kind of tired of it. When you model that photo, when you're posting that item, you need to make it look like you're not tired of the item and like somebody can put it in their home and be really excited about it. So yeah, just overall, make sure you're a good person, make sure you're a good seller, and that's the best way to get constant, consistent connections with people, and the best way to make sales. So if you're listening to this on Friday, keep in mind that posting today would be the best day to post. Make sure you get your connections. And yeah, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you private message me that you listen to this podcast on Depop, I will give you a sale. I have a lot of items, and obviously, like I said, weekends is when I post the cool stuff. So make sure you go check that out and give me a like and give me a follow. I'd really appreciate that. Um, If you're interested in more about the podcast, we have a website. The link will be in the description. And um, yeah, I don't really feel like I have anything else important to say. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoyed it and I hope this really helped you and I hope you make money.